Hey guys, Akil Stokes here. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to talk about back testing. What is a good enough sample size to really tell that you have an edge in the market? And what's the next step after that? Because back testing is not always enough. Before we hop into things, I want to say a big thank you for your support of the podcast. Pretty cool that we've been picked up both by Amazon Music and Audible. So two new places that you can go to listen to the Trading Coach podcast. Thank you for the support. Thank you for liking, subscribing, and sharing the content that we're creating here. So many newer traders are hearing about it through you guys and what you're doing and and talking about on social media. And we're having a very positive impact on a, a new generation of traders, which is pretty cool. So I can't thank you guys enough. Keep it up and we'll keep growing this show. So back testing is a topic I touch on a lot. It seems like most of my podcast or trader coffee break or YouTube videos in some way incorporate the topic of back testing. And the reason for that is because it is that important, right? Uh, trading is a game of probabilities, right? Probabilities in psychology, meaning we are trading something that has an edge, meaning that the probabilities are in our favor. If we do something consistently, then we are likely to make money. And then psychology, right? Psychology is the second part, uh, the ability to actually do it, keep yourself sane, not make any mistakes, right? And we're going to get into those two uh, categories a little bit later in the podcast. But Today, or recently, it's actually come from a few traders, and that's why I want to bring it to you today. But recently, a few traders have asked me the question about, hey, Akil, I love that you preach backtesting. It's something that I don't often hear about in the industry, right? If you pay attention to a lot of stuff on social media, not by the good traders, but the good ones seem to be overshadowed by the scammy ones, really, because the, the good ones don't kind of put out the sexy stuff, right? It doesn't go viral and all that fun stuff. It's kind of just kind of boring and basic and to the point, right? The stuff that you don't want to hear. It's kind of like you're preparing to go pro at some sport and and someone giving you this cool new viral workout where you're doing like backflips and lunges and this and that, then all this weird stuff uh, versus someone that says, hey, just go outside and uh, practice for 10 hours a day, right? It's not what you want to hear, but it's what you need to hear. And Backtesting is something that you need to hear. And he asked, how large of a sample size is big enough to test as far as determining if I have an edge in my trading strategy? And this is a very interesting topic because in general, a lot of people don't backtest, which is a problem in its own right, right? If you're in the markets trading live money and you don't backtest something, how do you know? And, and any type of test, I guess you can demo test, but if you don't test something and acquire data, how do you know if what you're trading is profitable or not, right? Now, I run into so many traders who are trading these systems and they complain about the system is bad and all this bad stuff. And I'm like, well, did you actually test it, right? You could be trading something very well. It just doesn't have an edge in the market. So although you're trading it, trading it well, it's just not proven to produce profit. And that's a big problem. That's why you need those figures. So people not backtesting is a major problem. Another problem is people try to half backtest, meaning that, They've heard, they, they, they've heard enough, they're convinced, right? I got to back test. All these traders that I follow, these legit traders are saying I have to do it, so let me do it. But they go about it like it's a chore, meaning they do just enough. And, and man, don't get me started on success in life in general in our, in our society where so many people are doing just enough. But um, just enough is not enough in trading, right? 
And the problem with doing just enough when it comes to back testing is that it doesn't give you the full picture, right? The key of back testing is is two things. It, you know, it does work on your trading psychology. It does kind of uh, take you through that journey of wins and losses and ups and downs and, and, and really see the kind of the full picture of your system. But it proves that your system or strategy works over a long period of time, works over different market conditions, right? As someone who is an old head in the game now, right? I've been going for what? Ooh, almost 15 years now. Crazy, right? It goes fast. Um, I can tell you that when I first started trading and I'm testing a strategy and, 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 and whatnot, um, I assumed that everything would work the same forever, right? It, it worked really, really good uh, during this period. And, and it's funny, I just spoke to another trader who, uh, this was another back testing question, um, who started around the same time as me, right? We started trading uh, really in like, I, I dipped my feet in 2007, but 2008 is when I was kind of really in it trading slash investing. And he was the same way. So I started trading 2008, 2009. And I don't have a lot of confidence in myself because although I made money hand over fist during that era, that was also kind of the pre-recession slash recession era here in the U.S., which was a very favorable time to trade. And I was in the same boat, right? I made money hand over fist as an investor during that time. And to this day, I don't know if I was lucky or actually good. I'm going to guess I was lucky because I, I had no plan or what I was doing, no edge. I just kind of went off feel. Um, and obviously things changed. But if you have a short sample size in testing, you run the risk of not seeing the entire picture, right? If you test for, let's say, a year period, um, and it's a year of high volatility directional movement, you are a, uh, a trader that trends like a tr uh, trades like a trend following strategy, which, you know, directional movement, high volatility is going to be right up your alley, your results are going to be enhanced, and they're enhanced for that specific period of time in the market, but they may go deadly wrong in other periods. When we get years that have low volatility, when we get years that are more consolidative, just left and right, no directional movement, your trend trading directional strategy may get chopped to death and you may give back all of your earnings. But you don't know that because you haven't tested it. So all you've seen is the good. And of course, you stopped after the good because if you're anything like me, you're testing or you're demo trading, you're making all this money and you're, and you're asking yourself the question. You're saying, well, man, I could be making all this money with real money. So why am I wasting my time doing all this testing stuff? Let's trade real money. Um, and then before you know it, you're in the game and then you're out the game once that chop comes and you're dead. And of course, it could be vice versa. It can work the other way around too, where you may have a strategy that's actually pretty good. Let's take that same directional strategy for an example. That strategy may actually be very good. But let's say you only start testing during that choppy directional time and you get poor results. And of course, what do most of us do when we get poor results right away? We just, we bail on it and go to something else. Well, although you maybe had poor results for that short period of time, once the market got back to its quote unquote normal type of movement, maybe your trading strategy made a killing and more than made up for everything you lost during that period of time. And, and now you've dumped a strategy that could be working really, really good for you because you didn't give it enough time to see it through. So it's important to get a good enough sample size. And, and the natural question is, what is a good enough sample size? Well, 
I always say you want to try and get 100 trades per pair per strategy. Um, now, obviously, if you're trading to higher time frames, that may be a little bit hard. This is all going to depend on the frequency of your, your trading signal as well. So either that or 10 years, right? And again, there's no mathematics behind those numbers. And I don't think there's any type of magical number that, that tells you once you get over this many trades or this much time, it's, uh, it, it's good. And once you get under this one, it's bad. The point is you want to be able to test your strategy over different market conditions to see how it works. And typically for getting 100 trades or 10 years, and, and, and the number may seem small, it's actually a lot, um, even if you're trading on lower time frames, because lower time frames, remember, you're only testing during your trading hours. So it's not like you're testing 24 hours a day, unless you plan on testing 24 hours a day. Um, so there's a good chance if you do that amount, you're going to see the different market conditions in the market play out, and you'll be able to really have a good judgment of how your strategy works in all of them. Now, the second part of this question came here, and this is where the psychological part comes in. He says, you know, thanks very much for the response. I've manually backtested 120 trades on 17 currency pairs, so a total of 2,040 trades. And I still get confused about the edge it gave me. The edge was very positive. I had a 60% return on investment, 20% drawdown, but um, I made 20% drawdown to get that 60% return. However, I still, I still feel the edge of my strategy came out of luck. Please help me. My trading psychology isn't stable about the outcome. And I just responded to this trader literally seconds ago, or I guess minutes ago, since I've been talking for 10 minutes, right? Um, and, and this is what sparked the idea. Um, but this is a problem too, and a problem that's not much talked about. And this psychological issue is the exact opposite of what many of us have. Many of us have greed. We, we, we want to hop in and do things too early. This is fear. This is a trader who is afraid to trade live. Me and my wife, we've been binge watching The Office, right? I, funny, I never, never watched the show The Office until this past year, right? This is 2022 because I always watch the first episode. Like, I know it's a funny show. Like, I like the characters. I know they're funny, but like, I don't know. I don't stop my. It, I didn't think it was my type of humor. Like the first episode was so slow and boring, and like no laugh track, and it was like I couldn't get through it. Um, but just like the movie um, or, or the show, um, gosh, what is it? Wandavision, right? Once I got past the first couple episodes, I was hooked, and and you know, nine seasons later, I'm still watching it. But we just watched the episode where two of the main characters, Jim and Pam. They're pregnant. She's having a baby. And she's like, you know, I don't want to go in the hospital until I want to check in after 12 o'clock so I can get that extra day. I know exactly what she's talking about because me and my wife got that extra day when we had our first kid. Right. Checked in after midnight. Boom. Extra stay in the hotel for the win, baby. Right. Um, but she's kind of, you know, her basically her water breaks and she still doesn't want to go to the hospital. And it ends up that she's just afraid. She's afraid of having the baby and she's just making up these excuses of no i want to wait till this no i want to wait till that to avoid the inevitable and obviously trading live is is not inevitable like having a baby they're completely different especially for the women listen out there i'm not com not comparing trading and childbirth trust me not at all um but the point is this trader is afraid he's fearful of taking the final step and it's a very scary thing it's a very scary thing for, for many reasons. Uh, one, the obviously obvious reason is losing money, right? No one likes to lose money. Um, and there is a high risk of you losing money. In fact, at some point in trading, you will lose money. It, you will lose trades. Now, 
Um, the goal is that you make more back than you lose, but you're going to lose it at some point and it's going to hurt. So you, you have to deal with that. Um, another fear is uh, fear of success or lack of being successful, right? There's no pressure when you're building a strategy. There's no pressure when you're learning. There's no pressure when you're back testing, right? The only pressure comes when you start trading live. That's when it gets real. Again, to, to put in Akil's normal sports reference, right? There's no pressure when you're in film study. There's no pressure when you're on. There's little pressure, I guess, when you're on the practice field. The real pressure comes when you're actually in the game and something is at stake. And this is what the trader is dealing with. And what I told him is that, hey, man, listen, you have done all of the work. You've done more work than the majority of traders out there, right? How many of you guys listening to this podcast right now have tested 120 pairs or 120 trades, excuse me, on 17 pairs? How many of you guys have logged over 2,000 trades in your back testing journal or spreadsheet, right? Probably not that many. Minimal hands go up. So you've put in the work. Not only have you put in the work, you've put in the work, you've acquired the data, you have proven to yourself that what I'm trading works. It has an edge. It produces profit. There's nothing else you can do to prove your edge. And you don't want to get stuck in this trap like my, my, my best friend when he was trading where he kept having profitable systems and then he never would trade it live because he would be like, oh, my edge isn't good enough. I got to make it more profitable. I got to make it more profitable. And at the time, I just thought he was a perfectionist shooting for perfection. He just wanted the, the, the ultimate profitable system. What In hindsight, what I know now 10 years later or more than 10 years later, 15 years later, is that he was afraid. He was all good developing strategies, testing strategies, even demo trading strategies. He was afraid to trade them live because that's when something was actually on the line. So the best thing you can do is trust yourself. Understand that you've practiced, you've put in the work, you have prepared yourself for this moment the best that you can. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. There's going to be all types of new psychological battles that you have to face once you're trading live money. Live money is a completely different beast. But as far as what you could have done to prepare yourself, you have done it and you have to trust that you're prepared to go out there and you're not going to learn the rest of the lessons that you need to learn in trading until you actually go out there. Many of the most valuable lessons learned in trading happen during your live trading environment where you have to jump in the water and, and, and learn how to swim. You have to deal with it, right? You've taken, you've taken uh, lessons, you've done this, you've watched videos, but you got to actually do it. Now, ways that you can kind of dip a toe in, right? Start off by demo trading right demo trading start live demo trading paper trading your strategy and get a hang of what it feels like to execute it live after you've done that for a period of time where you start to feel more comfortable start with a small amount of money right don't trade your full account trade a small amount enough where you can kind of feel a little bit of what it feels like to actually win and lose real money but the amount of capital that you're risking is so small that it's not a big deal. Think about it like if you're the difference between you're walking to a store and you drop your wallet after you stop by the ATM for you guys to know what ATMs are, right? That's a, a massive amount of money lost. It's a very painful thing versus you walked out of the store and you dropped the penny on the ground where it's still a loss, but you're like, hey, it's just a penny, not a big, not a big deal, right? Start trading small so you can start experiencing kind of what those emotions feel like on a smaller level. And then once you get experience with that, 
and you get more confidence in yourself and your system by the performance results and, and you have good performance results, then you can build your way in the trading live. So you've practiced, you've done the work, right? Trust yourself, go out there and start learning the rest of those lessons. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Again, I've got a lot of topics on backtesting both here on the Trading Coach Podcast and also on my YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed already, go do so. YouTube.com slash Akil Stokes. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. That way you don't miss my next video. I do a Trading Edge video each and every weekend. It's an amazing video. I also do daily live streams every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, giving you a look inside my live trading room and showing you my top trading idea for the day. YouTube.com, Kill Stokes, subscribe, hit the bell. See you soon.